This is High Level Wisdom for New Generation Leaders. We interview senior level baby boomers who share their stories, insights, and how-tos for the emerging leadership of millennials. Our mission is to celebrate their accomplishments in aid of preserving their business knowledge. I'm your host, Chris Williams. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to High Level Wisdom for New Generation Leaders. I am your host, Chris Williams. Thank you so much for listening. I tell you, the first episode to listening to Mr. Willy Wonka, Brad Van Dam. He is the CEO of uh, Marich Confectionery Company based in California. It is a sweet, awesome uh, experience. I actually got an entire shipment from him for doing this interview. And so I've got chocolate all over the place. But listen, this second part of his episode is so incredible. So he's going to share with you more insights about what he sees, how he's able to craft uh, the millennial uh, inside of his organization, inside of his industry even. And more importantly, how does he see the world and what what kind of things uh, kind of fascinate him? You're going to hear some energy from this gentleman. And so I'm really excited for you to get a chance to listen to this. So take a listen to the second part of my interview right here on High Level Wisdom for New Generation Leaders, the CEO of Marich Confectionery Company, Brad Van Dam. What kind of advice would you give an emerging millennial who is kind of waiting in the wings to, to be able to take that next step? What, what would you say they need to do? A couple of things that come to mind are learn. Always be learning. Because, and that goes for anybody particularly because they have such, we all do, they're, you know, millennials are much more uh, adept at, at getting information through technology. They're really quick at it. Use that to constantly be scouring, learning, take classes, you know, study things online, read things, follow people that, you know, blogs and so forth for people that resonate with you, that talk about subjects that are of interest, and be extraordinarily curious. Study things that are unrelated to what you're doing because there's crossover. You know, avoid, avoid being myopic, right? Open it up and just always be learning because if you're not learning, people tend to fall into the, well, I, uh, the default of I already know all this stuff and then, gee, look at all this stuff that I know and then I, just, I should deserve this position because I already know stuff. Fine. And then the world just passed you by while you were saying that. So you've got to stay on top of that and use that ability to research and absorb and gather and connect thousands of data points together to pull out salient information and points to work with. Anybody that is adapting, learning, unlearning, and relearning like that is going to have an advantage over everybody else by far. The other part of it is, is then this is a concern for me, is interacting with people. My first job in electronics, I got the job over two other guys I was competing with that I knew, and they were better than I was. At the end of that job interview, they handed in their testing and the other things related to that, and they said, okay, well, you will call me, and then they left. I stopped, and I just started talking to the manager. So what's the job entail? What, what's, what, what are you looking for? I mean, how, how does somebody succeed in this? Well, how long have you been here? I just talked to the guy. I was just interested in him, genuinely interested. I talked, this guy talked, he's a busy man. He talked to me for 20, 30 minutes. 
I got the job. Why did I get the job? These guys were better than me. I got the job because I took an interest in this guy. When I walked out the door, he didn't even remember the other two guys' name. And I didn't sit there and talk about myself. He just talked about himself, which was perfect. And I learned a lot about it so that when I joined the company, I moved up really fast because I did the same thing with the managers and I linked up. And I, you know, I'm not saying that I was a, I was a suck up or anything. I was interested. I said, hey, what are you doing there? Well, how do I get to do a project like that? Well, you've got to learn how to do this. Where do I learn how to do that, right? I'm, 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 I'm really curious. You might have picked up on probably drive people cr- you know, crazy with questions. Um, <laughs> but I, I'm telling you that the concern that I have is I used to meet the most interesting people in airports, on airplanes, standing in line at the supermarket. And now everybody walks around with their face in the screen, earbuds in their ear, they're not talking to people. I, I, I guarantee you I'm 100% accurate in saying that no one in the world needs another email. And yet there's email, there's text, there's all this, this disconnect. And business and success and relationships are all built face-to-face. They just are. There is, there is no way to replicate face-to-face with human beings. Absolutely. And that's my concern is that getting out, of, getting out of the screen, right? I mean, look, humans need idle time to think and ponder and, you know, be introspective and, and come up, be creative. Look at the world around and come up with new ideas. And if we're always checking social media, posting things, staring at our phones, scrolling through it, where is that idle brain time? Where are those serendipitous moments where you run into somebody that you needed to meet and you didn't know you needed to meet them? Yeah. If you had your face in your phone, you would have never met them. It's the ability to connect with other people. I guarantee if you take a dozen people, all very qualified, talented, wonderful people, and you take the one person in there, that has the ability to adapt and get along with other people and genuinely be interested in other people and float through the tribes, talking to different people, to be able to discuss anything people want to talk about, to understand people of all the variety of socioeconomic, ethnic backgrounds, and to be able to walk into a room and essentially be a chameleon and just talk to anybody. Guarantee that person is going to be the most successful and make more money than the other 11 by multiples for the simple difference of being interested in people and high levels of networking and interaction. And I'm not talking glad, handy, insincere, you know, manipulative type of networking. I'm talking going out and meeting people. And, and I do see that there's, there's, there's this highly social nature to the use of technology. It just has caused people to be less physically social. Right, right. So that is, that's something I think that really... Yeah, I, I believe that it's going to shift. I just don't know when. I do, I do know that it's incredibly important that it does. Right. Absolutely. And I, so you are uh, on a on a on standing on my soapbox. I'm so glad to have somebody else with me. I agree, and I will say I'm on the tail end as a as a millennial. But I will say to you that none of the success that I have have seen and or had 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 come really just because I was very good at using the device. It all came no. from 
being able to, within five minutes, be impressionable enough that somebody wanted to continue a conversation, uh, whether that was in an elevator, whether that was over the phone, whether that was, you know, in coffee and in person. And so I would definitely say for anybody who is listening to this episode, uh, number one, thank you. But I would also say this. I would say uh, just as much as we plan everything else during our week, we plan when we're going to go work out, we plan, you know, time and, and date night with our families and things of that nature. I think sometimes you might even want to plan, whether it's on your way to work or on your way home, to just not be in your device and actually say hello to somebody. Take a take a day or two out of the week to, to not check that email as you're in transition and actually get to know somebody new. It, it is amazing. I, and I will say that uh, even even in, in, in this space, you know, a, a lot of people that I'm talking to who have been uh, very kind enough to provide their time and, and, and attention to this uh, interview series that we are conducting uh, has come just from, you know, me putting it out there, being willing to have a conversation and, and getting to know people up front. And the that little bit of truly, as you mentioned, it's so true. Just showing interest in somebody else and who they are can go so far. You know, I, I, I try to explain to people, like, you're listening to a podcast that was started out of an idea, and I'm sitting on the phone talking with one of the world's Willy Wonkas and the Chocolate Factory. Like, <laughs> it did not happen because I had my face stuck in a, in a screen, because I'm willing to have conversation, I'm interested in people's perspective, and because I really think that conversation in, in relationship is the highest form of connection. And so I think we have to get out of rhetoric. We've got to get out of stereotyping, whether it's millennials and boomers and right wing and left wing. And I think we got to get back to, hey, how are you? What's your name? And who are you? And showing genuine. <laughs> exactly. And, and so I, 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 I'm so glad I'm not the only one on this soapbox. And so it feels great to have a, another person who I can point to who feels the way I do. And I, I think you're, you're, you're spot on there. And I think that that's a, that's a, I will say that with technology and the tech boom of 99, I think that is now part of our challenge. It's how do we get people to be more relational and willing to open up and have the, the, the types of conversations that, that make you remember what it was like to actually talk to people and really be interested. So, so obviously then as you spoke to, there's, you know, there's different misconceptions between both sides, right? There's a misconception on what it's like to be from this particular part of the world versus this particular part of this, the United States. You know, there's misconceptions all over. What would you say are some of the misconceptions that are sitting out there about being a baby boomer that you would like to speak to? The, the, the best way I can think to answer that is that they're exactly the same. And, I, and I'll, I'll describe why. Okay, so the boomers were... 46 to 64? I think that's the right range. Okay. So I think now, you're right, yeah. Okay. So now go back, and now I'm from California. I'm near Silicon Valley, so I have a little bit of a skewed view on this, so I'll preface it with that. Think about what happened when the people from the 40s and 50s were in the workforce at the A's and millennials are now. That was the first environmental awakening and push all types of social issues move forward. These were the people that were in Silicon Valley. These were the Andy Groves. These were the, the Gordon Moores. These were the pioneers 
that run and gun, and they changed the world. They started companies, stopped companies. They started working for a company that didn't go the way they liked it. They're out the back door with two of the guys and started their own company. Steve Jobs, Botniak, all these people, this is what they did. And if you think about that and you compare that to entrepreneurial spirit, the social awareness, the driving for environmental awareness and change, social responsibility, corporate responsibility, changing the hierarchy and making it much more fast and flexible and exciting and interesting. It's exactly what happened during that point in time when they were in their 20s and early 30s. The millennial generation is exactly the same. Didn't it sound like I was describing the current generation by describing the past one? Exactly. So the biggest thing is realize we're not so different. Hair's a little bit grayer, a little paunchy in the middle maybe. <laughs> um, you know, maybe not as sharp as we as we once were, but I am telling you, if you look at the spirit of the people that came up into the workforce during that point in time, during that age uh, span in their life, you know, 25 to 35, it's the same as the group right now. And that group refused to put up with old school hierarchy. That group refused to put up with the lack of opportunity, with saying you're just going to keep showing up every day for a paycheck. No, they wanted something very different, and they got it. And the world has benefited incredibly by that. And I believe that the millennial generation has the same guts and spirit to do the same thing and advance things in a very different way. I don't know what it is. I just truly believe that that's the biggest thing, to realize not so different. Absolutely. That, and, I, and I think um, what you're speaking to is the fact that as much as we can write as many research papers and come up with all the types of details to help, you know, the, the, the person I always think about in the middle is those HR folks who have to kind of work in between, right? They've got to work in between these different generations. It's the largest workforce with multiple generations happening. It's, it, it's always been this way. The, the the quote that says uh, the more things change, the more they remain the same. It's just true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's, just, it's it's really really true. So so uh, lastly, I, I'll I'll ask you this, Brad. What are some of the benefits that you believe millennials today are bringing to the workspace that actually baby boomers should see as a benefit and should learn to leverage? Boomers might have lost a little bit of their fire, right? Maybe got a little complacent, maybe stuck in a rut. I'm not saying all. I'm saying that that can happen toward the end of someone's career, however successful they may be. And the millennials bring that fire, that curiosity, and, and again, the knowledge and a, and a nimbleness to gather knowledge. And because of all the information out there that can be coalesced, a lot of great ideas can be pieced together bring to the workplace. We have an intern program here, again, which I think is unusual for a company of our size and in, in the area that we're in. And so who are we bring in? We're bringing in exactly that age group, you know, the college students right now. So I have, a, at the end of the intern's program here, there's one hour with me. And, and it's, not for, it's, not, it's not for them. It's mostly for me. And I want to sit down, and I have a list of questions, and I ask them. And of, for all the things that could happen, for a college student to be locked by themselves in the room of the CEO of a company 
you know, that could be a daunting thing. And I purposely make it not daunting. I make it fun. I'm very casual. And what I've noticed is they open up. And, and again, not generalizing. We're saying the experience I have here, they opened up. They were willing to share ideas. They were willing to take risks to tell me what was going right and what was going wrong. Think about that. They're telling someone who's, who's been part of a successful business for 30 years, they're telling me what's right and what's wrong. A, I genuinely want to know. B, they feel that they have the information to share. And that's been a tremendous experience. Not to mention that the curiosity and the infusion of energy coming into the business, it keeps me excited. It keeps me curious. It keeps me young and keeps the fire lit. It's, it's, it's a tremendous benefit. It really is. And, you know, and, and to, my, to, to the point earlier, it's, it's just understanding that, let's say, comparing boomers and millennials, the other side has knowledge and experience of value. Neither side should discount the other. That's where the magic happens. And that's what I've seen sitting in the room with college students talking to them about the business. You know, what's the experience here? What is the culture? What would make them want to work here? What would make them not want to work here? And all the list of questions that we go through. And we have, in every instance with that, even with the very shy, quiet people, I've had the most incredible conversations. I walked away learning so much. And that's, that's something that's important, I think, is ask the questions. Not everybody is going to speak up. Ask the questions. Make it safe for them to talk. Draw it out and be interested in what they have to say and be genuine about it because if there's one thing millennials have that is a, a very, very high-level power, it's BS meter. From inundated with advertising to any other thing that they are very keen to spot disingenuous people, behaviors, messages, and otherwise. Absolutely. I mean, I'm talking... I am talking to the tenth power type of sensibility on that. So, yeah, really, you know, for you know, advice for a boomer is be genuine about it. You know, be genuinely interested and understand. You both have good information. You both have experience. You can't discount it just because they're young. They have experience that is as valuable to anybody else. Likewise, the from the younger to the older, they have a lot of experience too. They're not just old dogs that just do things old ways. There are some people like that that don't adapt and don't change. I think that's I think that's the lesser percent of the population. Absolutely, absolutely, and, and you bring up you, you you bring up a really great point because I, I think that uh, shared understanding is very important on both sides. Um, I I truly believe that where where millennials we have the greatest opportunity at this time in the workplace is uh, some you know some millennials don't want to start their own business. And that's just fine. Some of them want to work inside of a company, but they want that, as you mentioned, they, they bring themselves as like, you know, the, the, the boss of their own world, right? And I think yeah. the biggest opportunity that we have for anybody in that space is being willing to build the relationships with boomers in such a way that they can speak on your behalf and gaining that institutional knowledge that they have. Because that is where, as you mentioned, the magic happens. When you have 
the, the, the experience that you've been building on your own and when you have the, the relationships that are key to help you make those next potential moves and that you've got the trust of a baby boomer who's willing to invest their time and energy and share their critical knowledge with you, you can't go wrong. And so it's, it's just amazing. And so, you know, Brad, you know, I am very thankful that you have taken the time out to be a part of uh, this interview series, sharing your high-level wisdom, and 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 being somebody over the last thirty years who's dedicated your life to well, what I like to say is, you know, building the infrastructure of America. I mean, you know, there there are things that you've been able to see, shifts that you've been able to walk through, uh, things that you that you've got and experiences. I'm sure for stories for days that you could tell about the things that you've seen inside of your energy in, in, industry, but. You know, I'm just thankful that you've been able to take your time out and and, and share with us. And and uh, you know, Brad, I think what we may need to do is come up with a uh, a special promo that we might need to be able to to do for people to to order online based on listening to this interview. So we might have to come up with something here in the near future. You know what? That would be fantastic. Absolutely. Well, Brad, thank you so much for your time, and uh, thank you for sharing your high level wisdom with new generation leaders. Thank you. As you can see, it's something I'm very passionate about, and I'm really, really appreciate the opportunity to share thoughts and and discuss it. I think it's very important. Well, that wraps up another great interview with the CEO of Marich Confectionery Company, Brad Van Dam. Listen, you guys, uh, it was such a treat and a sweet treat at that to talk to Mr. Willy Wonka himself. Listen, thank you guys so much for listening now that you've heard it, you had an opportunity to hear some great insights, some stories, and some wisdom, feel free to share that with your friends. Please do that on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our handle is High Level Wisdom at High Level Wisdom. You can go to our website, highlevelwisdom.com, see the show notes, learn a little bit more about the company, be able to purchase things from their link as well inside of our show notes. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Go out there and continue to gain high level wisdom for your career. Talk with you soon. Hey, I realize that you are enjoying this podcast. It's got a lot of great content, right? You're listening to Decision Makers, right? Matter of fact, you have a product or a service and you would like to be able to get your information in front of these decision makers. If you're interested in ad space or sponsorship of any kind, send us an email at info at highlevelwisdom.com for more information. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.